chapter fifteen of trial and triumph by francis e w harper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter fifteen well mamma said mrs lisette's daughter to her mother i cannot understand why you take so much interest in annette she is very unpopular scarcely any of the girls ever go with her and even her cousin never calls for her to go to church or anywhere else and i sometimes feel so sorry to see her so much by herself and some of the girls when i went with her to the exposition said that they wouldn't have asked her to have gone with them that she isn't our set poor child mrs lisette replied i am sorry for her i hope that you will never treat her unkindly and i do not think if you knew the sad story connected with her life that you would ever be unkind enough to add to the burden she has been forced to bear but mamma annette is so touchy her aunt says that her tear bags must lay near her eyes and that she will cry if you look at her and that she is the strangest oddest creature she ever saw and i heard she did not wish her to come why my dear child who has been gossiping to you about your neighbours why julia thomas well my daughter don't talk after her gossip is liable to degenerate into evil speaking and then i think it tends to degrade and belittle the mind to dwell on the defects and imperfections of our neighbours learn to dwell on the things that are just and true and of good report but i am sorry for annette poor child what makes her so strange do you know yes said mrs lisette somewhat absently if you do won't you tell me again mrs lisette answered in the same absent manner why mamma what is the matter with you you say yes to everything and yet you are not paying any attention to anything that i say you seem like someone who hears but does not listen who sees but does not look your face reminds me of the time when i showed you the picture of a shipwreck and you said my brother's boat went down in just such a fearful storm my dear child said mrs lisette rousing up from a mournful reverie i was thinking of a wreck sadder far sadder than the picture you showed me it was the mournful wreck of a blighted life whose life mamma the life of annette's grandmother we were girls together and i loved her dearly mrs lisette replied as tears gathered in her eyes when she recalled one of the saddest memories of her life do tell me all about it for i am full of curiosity my child i want this story to be more than food for your curiosity i want it to be a lesson and a warning to you annette's grandmother was left to struggle as breadwinner for a half-dozen children when her husband died then there were not as many openings for colored girls as there are now our chief resource was the field of domestic service and circumstances compelled annette's mother to live out as we called it in those days we did not look down upon a girl and try to ostracize her from our social life if she was forced to be a servant if she was poor and respectable we valued her for what she was rather than for what she possessed of course we girls liked to dress nicely but fine clothes was not the chief passport to our society and yet i think on the whole that our social life would compare favourably with yours in good character if not in intellectual attainments our dear old mothers were generally ignorant of books but they did try to teach good manners and good behaviour but i do not think they saw the danger around the paths of the inexperienced with the same clearness of vision we now do mrs harcourt had unbounded confidence in her children and as my mother thought gave her girls too much rein in their own hands our mother was more strict with her daughters and when we saw mrs harcourt's daughters 
having what we considered such good times i used to say oh i wish mother wasn't so particular other girls could go unattended to excursions moonlight drives and parties of pleasure but we never went to any such pleasure unless we were attended by our father brother or some trusted friend of the family we were young and foolish then and used to chafe against her restrictions but to-day when i think of my own good and noble husband my little bright and happy home and my dear loving daughter i look back with gratitude to her thoughtful care and honour and bless her memory in her grave poor lucy harcourt was not so favoured she was pretty and attractive and had quite a number of admirers at length she became deeply interested in a young man who came as a stranger to our city he was a fine-looking man but there was something about him from which i instinctively shrank my mother felt the same way and warned us to be careful how we accepted any attention from him but poor lucy became perfectly infatuated with him and it was rumoured that they were to be shortly married soon after the rumour he left the city and there was a big change in lucy's manner i could not tell what was the matter but my mother forbade me associating with her and for several months i scarcely saw her but i could hear from others that she was sadly changed instead of being one of the most light-hearted girls i heard that she used to sit day after day in her mother's house and wring her hands and weep and that her mother's heart was almost broken friends feared that lucy was losing her mind and might do some desperate deed but she did not i left about that time to teach school in a distant village and when i returned home i heard sad tidings of poor lucy she was a mother but not a wife her brothers had grown angry with her for tarnishing their family name of which they were so proud her mother's head was bowed with agony and shame the father of lucy's child had deserted her in her hour of trial and left her to bear her burden alone with the child like a millstone around her neck poor lucy i seldom saw her after that but one day i met her in the park i went up to her and kissed her she threw her arms around me and burst into a flood of tears i tried to restrain her from giving such vent to her feelings it was a lack of self-control which had placed her where she was oh anna she said it does me so much good to hold your hand in mine once more it reminds me of the days when we used to be together oh what would i give to recall those days i said to her lucy you can never recall the past but you can try to redeem the future try to be a faithful mother men may build over the wreck and ruin of their young lives a better and brighter future why should not a woman let the dead past bury its dead and live in the future for the sake of your child she seemed so grateful for what i had said others had treated her with scorn her brother thomas had refused to speak to her her betrayer had forsaken her all the joyousness had faded from her life and poor girl i was glad that i was able to say a helpful and hopeful word to her mother of course would not let us associate with her but she always treated her kindly when she came and did what she could to lighten the burden which was pressing her down to the grave but poor child she was never again the same light-hearted girl she grew pale and thin and in the hectic flush and faltering tread i read the death sign of early decay and i felt that my misguided young friend was slowly dying of a broken heart then there came a day when we were summoned to her dying bed her brothers and sisters were present all their resentment against her had vanished in the presence of death she was their dear sister about to leave them and they bent in tearful sorrow around her couch as one of her brothers who was a good singer entered the room she asked him to sing vital spark of heavenly flame he attempted to sing but there were tremors in his voice and he faltered in the midst of the hymn won't you sing for your dying sister again he essayed to sing but his voice became choked with emotion 
and he ceased and burst into tears her brother thomas who had been so hard and cold and had refused to speak to her now wept and sobbed like a child but lucy smiled as she bade them good-bye and exclaimed welcome death the end of fear i am prepared to die a sweet peace settled down on her face and lucy had exchanged i hope the sorrow and pain of life for the peace and rest of heaven and left annette too young to know her loss do you wonder then my child that i feel such an interest in annette and that knowing as i do her antenatal history that i am ever ready to pity where others condemn and that i want to do what i can to help round out in beauty and usefulness the character of that sinned against and disinherited child whose restlessness and sensitiveness i trace back to causes over which she had no control what became of frank miller you say that when he returned to a p that society opened its doors to him while they were closed to annette's mother i don't understand it was he not as guilty as she was guiltier i think if poor lucy failed as a woman she tried to be faithful as a mother while he faithless as a man left her to bear her burden alone she was frail as a woman but he was base mean and selfish as a man how was it that society received him so readily all did not receive him so readily but with some his money like charity covered a multitude of sins but from the depths of my heart i despised him i had not then learned to hate the sin with all my heart and yet the sinner loved to me he was the incarnation of social meanness and vice and just as i felt i acted we young folks had met at a social gathering and were engaged in a pastime in which we occasionally clasped hands together some of these plays i heartily disliked especially when there was romping and promiscuous kissing during the play frank miller's hand came in contact with mine and he pressed it i can hardly describe my feelings it seemed as if my very veins were on fire and that every nerve was thrilling with repulsion and indignation had i seen him murder lucy and then turn with blood dripping hands to grasp mine i do not think that i should have felt more loathing than i did when his hand clasped mine i felt that his very touch was pollution i immediately left the play tore off my glove and threw it in the fire oh mother how could you have done so you are so good and gentle mrs Lisette replied i was not always so i do not hate his sin any less now than i did then but i think that i have learned a christian charity which would induce me to pluck such as he out of the fire while i hated the garments spotted by his sins i sat down trembling with emotion i heard a murmur of disapprobation there was a check to the gaiety of the evening frank miller bold and bad as he was looked crestfallen and uneasy some who appeared to be more careful of the manners of society than its morals said that i was very rude others said that i was too prudish and would be an old maid that i was looking for perfection in young men and would not find it the young men sowed their wild oats and that i was more nice than wise and that i would frighten the gentlemen away from me i told them if the young men were so easily frightened that i did not wish to clasp hands for life with any such timid set and that i was determined that i would have a moral husband or none that i was not obliged to be married but that i was obliged to be true to my conscience that when i married i expected to lay the foundation of a new home and that i would never trust my future happiness in the hands of a libertine or lay its foundations over the reeling brain of a drunkard and i determined that i would never marry a man for whose vices i must blush and whose crimes i must condone that while i might bend to grief i would not bow to shame that if i brought him character and virtue he should give me true manhood and honour in return and i think mother that you got it when you married father i am satisfied that i did 
and the respect and appreciation my daughter has for her father is only part of my life's reward but it was my dear mother who taught me to distinguish between the true and the false and although she was not what you call educated she taught me that no magnificence of fortune would atone for meanness of spirit that without character the most wealthy and talented man is a bankrupt in soul and she taught me how to be worthy of a true man's love and i think you have succeeded splendidly thank you my darling but mother has become used to compliments End of chapter fifteen